Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Need quality and accessible health care at a minimal cost? Get Antidote Health. We offer individual and family plans with zero co-pays for online doctor visits 24-7, pediatric visits, mental health care, and more. Some plans even have a cashback benefit, and you'll get access to top-tier providers like Cleveland Clinic. Open enrollment has started, so sign up today at antidotehealth.com slash start. Dollar copays and cashback not available on all services or prescription drugs. Consult your plan for more information. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, here with Mike Bunt, back in action. Going to go over the AFC East talk. What's going to go around? I'll go on around the AFC East. Are there going to be big signings for any of these AFC East teams? Do we see Dalvin Cook? Do we see DeAndre Hopkins uh, in one of these uh, uniforms here in the AFC? So we have a lot to talk about today as we're approaching training camp in just over two weeks. So we'll be right back. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, and it's Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Wow, what an action-packed July. The weather's nice. We're back with you on a Tuesday, 7 o'clock edition, and I am happy to be back after a few-week hiatus here with Mike. Mike, how are you doing today on this beautiful July summer? I'm, I'm doing great today, Kevin. It's beautiful. Got back from vacation last week. I'm refreshed. You got a, got a few weeks off from the show. Uh, just ready to talk some football with you. Uh, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. July's always... A slow time, but it's always an exciting time, and that leads me to some of my takes around the AFC East that I'm going to get into. Some of my best takes, I think, are around the AFC East. Everybody knows how I feel about some of those AFC South teams. I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as others do around the AFC South, but maybe that's a topic for next week's show, Mike. Maybe we'll get into more around the AFC, um, not as it pertains to just the AFC East, but there is some interesting news, Jeff Darlington, today stating that the Bills would go after DeAndre Hopkins, still very interested in him. Seen some rumblings around Twitter already today about the Bills staying engaged with DeAndre Hopkins. If he's willing to chase a ring and take this reduction, 
Uh, I mean, the saga continues. It's definitely was always going to continue once it didn't get a resolution in the first week. It was always going to continue into the late July portion. Uh, probably might find its resolution, I would guess, in the next couple of weeks. But, Mike, what's kind of your opinion on that kind of slight bomb as you woke up this morning? I feel like the national media is just catching up to what you and I and most Bills fans have thought for the past month plus at, at this point in time. Really, we, we've been saying all along that we didn't really think that he wanted to go to New England or Tennessee, but that those were the two teams that were whining and dining and offering him uh, the best opportunity to make some money, but that the Bills and uh, probably Kansas City would always be in the background saying, hey, if you want to go to a contender, we're still here. We can't give you the same money as those other two teams, but if you want to get that ring, we'll give you an opportunity uh, on either of our teams. So to me, this wasn't really uh, anything new. It was more of now the national media kind of is presenting what you and I have speculated for the last maybe month and a half. Yeah, I mean, Mike, it makes sense, right? Like who who would want to, and at his stage of his career, I mean, you're looking like, you know, he keeps referencing Obel Beckham Jr. in a way of money and other things. And Odell Beckham Jr. did select a team where he thought's at least fairly competitive, does have an opportunity to kind of make a push. Uh, can they get by Cincinnati and Baltimore? Not sure. You know, can they get by Kansas City, Buffalo? You know, they, they've been known to be competitive, especially with Lamar Jackson. So I do believe that was a good selection to go be receiver one in Baltimore. But DeAndre Hopkins wants to follow suit. Does he want to go to the Tennessee Titans, who I've seen in ranking as low as 13th, 14th in the AFC? That's tough for me. Does he want to go to the fourth best team in the AFC East as we talk about the AFC East today? I don't think so. Other than, you know, Bill O'Brien there, there's been talks about maybe Bill O'Brien could unleash him. Maybe Bill O'Brien had falling out with him. There's been so many conflicting things that I've read about who was at fault there back, uh, you know, in Houston. So, Mike, like that's got to be the truth where he he's looking at potentially teams at the bottom of their divisions of an already loaded AFC, you know, either he wants to go play in an NFC team that could be competitive, which doesn't look like there's any options or he's going to always want to see what the bills and chiefs have to offer. Yeah. And this is going to come down to what we always thought. Do you want the money or do you want to be on a competitor? Now you and I have had this talk plenty of times over the last month plus where we have said a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, if a team like New England or Tennessee throw a bag of money at him, he could probably talk himself into, well, both of these teams were playing in week 18 of last year with a chance to make the playoffs with a win. I go to either of these teams. I add them uh, a dynamic weapon. Maybe I could be the guy that gets them into the playoffs. And he, he could frame it that way. But I think you and I both agree that's, Pretty much not the case. The, even if you add DeAndre Hopkins to either of those squads, they're not suddenly contenders. Maybe they could squeak out nine wins, ten wins, sneak into the playoffs as a wild card, or in Tennessee's example, maybe they get past uh, Jacksonville in a weak AFC South. But those teams aren't competing for anything more than maybe getting a slightly above 500. The Bills and the Chiefs, those are championship opportunities. So we're going to find out. Is it about the money or is it about winning? And uh, at the end of the day, none, none of us really know that answer right now. I think we're all speculating that he hasn't gone to Tennessee or New England at this point because he is hoping that there's a better team out there or a contender 
that will eventually come forward and give him some money, whether that be the Bills and Chiefs or someone else who might uh, have a wide receiver need if there's an injury early in training camp or something else that happens. Yeah, I mean, a lot of talks about not just not wanting him on the Chiefs. It's a good point where the Bills bid. You know, the Bills could be one of the only trump cards there, so they might have to get aggressive for that purpose alone and take him away from a competitor, take him out of the division. Uh, there's a couple of thoughts there. Do they really care if he goes to Tennessee or Cleveland? Probably not. Do they care if he maybe a little bit more about New England and maybe even a lot more about Kansas City? Probably. So I think that there's definitely something to be said about keeping them off the Chiefs if they can do it. So um, we'll have to see what happens in their, in regards to will the Bills get competitive once the market heats up a little bit? Um, you know, is he not on a team already because he's waiting for money or is he not on a team already because he's looking for his options from a winning team? You can look at it both ways. So uh, he could be waiting to see who gives him the best opportunity of, of, of money rain combination. And there's no reason he needs to accept that before two weeks from now. There's no reason. Like there's no reason he needs to make that decision yesterday. If he doesn't get both money and a ring possibilities, might as well wait it out to see what happens. Someone could show up hurt in the camp. Someone could get, get hurt very early on or show up going on PUP. There's a lot of options here for Hopkins. One where he really doesn't need to make a, dis- a big decision much before August 1st. So we'll see what comes over the next two to three weeks as he you know, already probably got to enjoy his spring summer off and then going into the fall where he probably wants to now start to be engaged in that team as he's gotten to miss and rehab and, and, re- and feel better throughout the spring. Um, so I do believe that, that that could be happening as well. So I think the Bills and the Chiefs probably are always there. There's the Chris Jones restructure that the Chiefs could do. Then uh, this much talked about Chris Jones restructure. Could they do something with Mahomes' contract? Uh, we've heard a lot about, um, you know, the Bills and Josh Allen and his contract status. You know, now that's already down, not even in the top ten in, men, in many regards. So there's there's some very interesting restructures that the Bills could do with Trey White. Do they do something with Deion Dawkins? That all has to do with we heard here at Cover One that they were interested in potentially um, looking through his medicals after his first year to see if there's a potential of assuming there to move some money down the line uh, for Trey White. So we'll see if that comes into fold here for Gabe Davis extension or DeAndre Hopkins uh, signing Mike. But I got to get into AFC East talk as it's all relevant here today. Um, start with New England. Let's start at New England. You know, they've been the team most rumored to want to make an addition of DeAndre Hopkins by all accounts. Maybe they're the leaders in the clubhouse, I guess, but they also have Mac Jones fourth in the AFC East. I would believe on 99.9% of people's rankings. Um, they need a splash move like DeAndre Hopkins to try to keep up maybe more so than some other teams. So What's your take on New England? Are they just trying to stay afloat, be be scary to some of these AFC East teams, do their usual eight to nine win team thing now? Where do you stand on the New England Patriots as it comes to now a very competitive AFC East and AFC? Yeah, I think they're clearly the fourth best team in the division right now. So at the bottom, looking up, and that doesn't mean that they're horrendous. I don't think the Patriots are ever going to be like a three, four win team and bottom out like – uh, yeah. some of the worst teams in football, but I think uh, they're not near the level of the Bills. And I, I wouldn't even say, I would say they're a tier down from what the, the Dolphins and the Jets are at this current moment. New England had a solid defense last year. A lot of people overlook uh, what New England was defensively. The defensive DVOA, they were number third in the league. They were spot ahead of Buffalo last year. So New England returns 
uh, a good defense. And they did make some splash moves in the offseason, bringing in Mike Gusecki and Juju Smith-Schuster. So there is some reasons for optimism if you're a Patriots fan. But some of this talk uh, from Mike Tannenbaum of if they add DeAndre Hopkins, they are now the favorites in the AFC East. That's just some garbage uh, uh, clickbait material from uh, a former GM who should say more intelligent things on television. Uh, I honestly thought that was some some stupidity from him. Whether he means it or not, uh, I still couldn't believe that came from his mouth. And I, I will say this. I, I go into this year thinking the Patriots, most likely they're probably a seven-win team, maybe an eight-win team. Uh, if in this division, no, nothing's going to come easy for them. Mac Jones is going to need to take a, a large step for them to be competitive and have a chance to be in the top half uh, of this division. So while I understand some of the optimism, two tight ends with Gusecki, Hunter Henry, adding Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I just don't think it's going to be enough in the AFC East this year. And how many grist structures would it take to offer him the OBJ deal? Just one. Just one, just one, just Trey White. Uh, it doesn't take much. The OBJ deal was many uh, void years down the road, kicking the can down the road. Uh, void years, just to be clear on void years, that they do give you placeholders, so it's an option to re-sign that player. So in OBJ's case, he's a little younger. The Ravens may feel like they can re-sign OBJ. So whether it's – I mean, New England can get a little bit crazier. They can offer him more this year and maybe – last void years maybe like one void year um but when it comes to the majority of these playoff teams slash championship level teams they're gonna have to put void years in you know you're restructuring trey on its own on his own and then you're freeing up enough money to do a couple of void years uh, and probably only count five million million against the cap this year probably two two million against the cap two to three million against the cap each additional year and however much money he gets would be how many years that would be so if it's you know, I don't believe he's going to get the OBJ deal. Uh, you know, there's still some rumors that you know there's some interest. Can he still run the routes level? He can. He still has his hands. He's still a great receiver. But can he still get open like he's been able to? That's always been a pivotal thing for him. So that, that's what that's what playoff teams slash the rest of the league is going to have to determine uh, with how much to give him uh, when it comes to this. But Mike, your opinion on the Patriots is pretty spot on. Uh, they did sign someone I really enjoyed, or excuse me, drafted Christian Gonzalez in the first round. I think he's going to be a menace to that already always good New England secondary. It wouldn't be New England without a good secondary. Kyle Duggars, there, a guy that many Bills fans wanted as that big nickel at one point. Now he's a starting safety there. Adrian Phillips has had a good career. Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, uh, Jack Jones, uh, Jabril Peppers, Jalen Mills. So it's a pretty solid stacked DB unit uh, there. The rest of their front seven is always fairly solid. Juwan Bentley, Matt Judon, Christian Barmore. Um, you know, there's no no one scary on that front seven, but it's just solid. Um, so they can definitely usually overcome injuries. They do. They they do face injuries and they overcome them defensively. They just have loads of of, of similar talent behind it. Keon White, they drafted Lawrence Guy, Josh Uche. Like they always have just loads of guys that are very similar. Um, so they don't really have that high end beside Matt Judon, that high end front seven player, but they always seem to have very good. They can, they can get away with an injury unlike some teams, um, especially on their defense. They can definitely, they have some depth there. They build a really deep unit. Mike Clay has them as a seven win team. So we, we use Mike Clay a little bit because he projects players and generally pretty unbiased, use some statistical models. Um, you know, it's not just, Usually he tries not to just be opinion based. So 
I don't agree with a lot of Mike Clay's like individual takes, but like his large takes as an, as, as a whole are very interesting. You know, he does a good job with win probability. Um, you know, <laughs> the Patriots are only favored in four games this year, Mike. Um, so that's to me a challenging, like regardless of what you think of Mac Jones doesn't really matter. It's a challenging year for that team. Four games. That's it. And, and Kev, when you, that's why the Tannenbaum take is even dumber when, when you reflect yeah. about it, uh, a model says they're going to win seven games according yeah, to the talent on their team. And you're going to say Deandre Hopkins is going to help them win the AFC East. Like, come on. Like, Maybe that's the most a non-quarterback player can affect a uh, a win totals like one win, like the most. So, yeah, um, and maybe that's why Mike Tannenbaum didn't work out as a as a general manager in the NFL because of thinking like that. (laughs) Partially joking here. Uh, And are they getting D Hop? AJ, we'll we'll talk about our our Bills opinions on if they're going to get him. But I do think Patriots do have a solid chance as anyone right now of landing Hopkins. Uh, Kev, one of the things I read recently was that Tennessee is being the most aggressive at the current moment and that the Patriots uh, are thought, obviously, to be uh, in the conversation, too, because of the money side. But uh, I I know Roy is saying, no, D-Hop, let's move on. But uh, uh, just the only reason we're talking D-Hop right now is because he might be the the top weapon on this New England offense when everything uh, comes to play during the regular season at this point. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see how it works out. But when you're talking about the Patriots, it's really only about their defense at this current moment. Their defense is, is stand out. Like you said, their secondary gets it done. Um, there was a, a nice little uh, thing I read on Twitter the other day about how back when uh, the Patriots defense was great in the early 2000s, when they had Teddy Bruschi and all these other guys, it was about their linebackers. And now it's uh, about their secondary, their, their, their safeties. And, how they continue to attack and they're willing to do three safety formations. They might even put four safeties on uh, the field at a time. So new England, as long as they have a top five defense, they're going to be in games. They're going to win some games that they shouldn't, but it's really all contingent on can Mac Jones be more than a mid to lower tier quarterback for them. And if he can throw 25 plus touchdowns, Maybe the Patriots can surprise some people, but I just don't see it with their current group of guys. They tried to have a big boy offense last year with Mac Jones, and it did not work out. I know there's a lot of people that will make the excuse for Jones saying he had Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator and that Joe Judge was working with the offense before uh, Patricia was named the offensive coordinator. But let's let's be real. They tried to – uh, evolve things in year two under Mac Jones. There's a reason why when Bailey Zappi was in the game last year, he was able to match the success of what Mac Jones did as a rookie. And that's because it was an overly simplified uh, version of the offense they wanted to run that was based on handing the ball off in very easy reads. And once they went away from that, neither guy could do anything. So I think that's uh, a concern when you don't have quarterbacks that you really think you can have uh, an evolved offense with. Yeah. Producer AJ. I love you. Producer AJ. I don't care if you work for the Buffalo Bills someday, you'll always be producer AJ. Producer AJ says, imagine being aggressive for uh D hop with the bills or excuse me, the Titans quarterback room. Uh, completely agree with that. I think, I think they're, they're all about marketing 
I mean, when it comes to the Titans end of this, it's all about marketing. They want they they they've they've traded some players. They want to have some some butts in the seats, and it's a marketing. It's no different than what the Bills did with To um, and Mario Williams. It's you just want to have a player there with Derrick Henry too. That you shock some people. You, you throw D Hop on that team, and they're going to win some AFC South games. I mean, they're you know we talk about how weak the AFC South is. And I want to get into that a little bit next week, but we talk about that all the time. And the difference is that division is there for the taking with a couple bad teams. Um, and you know Ryan Tannehill still might be one of the best quarterbacks in that division, uh, as much as we dog him. I mean, he's going against Trevor Lawrence and some rookies. So there's really, you know, could he come away, take a game from Jacksonville, the next thing you know, win on tiebreakers and win the division? Like, sure. Like, it's 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 there for them. So I could, I get why they go D-hop. Um, I get why it makes sense to them. They have money. They want to put people there. It's all marketing ploy. And, and maybe, like I said, maybe win one extra game, pull off that Jacksonville game with him or something. And you never know. So I, I get it on their perspective. Uh, not, a you know, don't love the Titans at all, but I can see what they're thinking on the Patriots front. Um, makes sense too, because I've been hearing stuff about Juju Smith Schuster, not being healthy. Like there's this, these, these, these new contracts, Mike, that have come into play with Jimmy Garoppolo and others to where if they, something in camp, like August by like the next couple of weeks, they already they got like their, James Robinson. So yeah, exactly. If they don't like their injury status come two weeks from now, they just get caught and they don't get their money. So these new wrinkles on these contracts, and then I think the Garoppolo one's coming to fruition in the next week or two uh, where he's at going into training camp. But if they don't like the injury progress, there's these new clauses in these deals where it's like, goodbye. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I've heard a little bit of that with Juju about him not being ready and healthy. So the opportunity to go be a receiver one out the gate is interesting, playing in some big games like the, the Patriots always do and will this year have some pretty big games. So I get him selecting there. These are the two teams that will probably pay him the most. I know we talked about Detroit and Cleveland. But if he is chasing the bag, it's one of these two teams. So we, we'll know right off the bat if it's about the money, he's going to one of those two teams. If it's about half the money, half championship, he might go to a different team. If it's about all the championship, he'll go to Bill's Chiefs. So maybe someone else, but I think those would be the two leaders in that bucket. So we'll know very quickly which bucket he goes into. Um, and, you know, New England has an interesting mix of like going to be receiver one, playing pretty well as receiver one, and then maybe getting a final contract. So I, I don't, I mean, I guess that's his goal because he knows he's not going to win there. You know, he's got a, you know, a small chance to playoffs with the Titans and the Patriots alone, let alone winning anything. So I'm not exactly sure there, but we're going to go to the second AFC team now, Mike the New York Jets just by placement purposes as the Dolphins were a playoff team last year. So we'll get into them next, but the Jets, their addition of Aaron Rodgers, $107 million. They've kicked down the road. Um, so they have to do something with that here shortly. What are they going to do? How many years do they expect Aaron Rodgers to play? It's a huge burden to have on the hook because basically he's making a minimum contract this year with a 107 burger waiting in the wings. Uh, obviously they went out and sound, signed his old team. Um, you know, they have pretty much anyone you can think of from that old team. Uh, Alan Lazard, uh, you know, he's got the, he's got the crew back from green Randall Bay. From that, yeah. Randall Cobb from that non-winning green Bay team last year. Um, they are there. So, and we've talked many times on the show and I've talked before about the jets and their historically healthy defense last year. Uh, one of the most historically healthy teams in NFL history uh, in terms of total games lost from a unit. Uh, were the Jets defense. So uh, that kind of health would be great this year for any team. So, you know, best of wishes to them, and, and that continues for them. Um, but they have to overcome that uh, as well, Mike. They have some good secondary players, but really not a front seven that scares me too much. Um, 
let's hear your takes on the Jets and uh, and then I'll uh, go into mine. <laughs> I know why you're letting me go first because you want to tell people why everything I'm about to say is wrong. But I think the Jets are a legitimate contender in the AFC. I'm not saying that they're going to be incredible, but I, I, I do think the Jets are a playoff team this season. Last year, their defense was one of the top units in the NFL. DVOA-wise, they were fifth, which is kind of crazy because we were talking about how the Patriots were third, the Bills were fourth, the Jets were fifth. So these were three of the top five defenses in the NFL last year in the AFC East. And I really do believe if the Jets would have just had an average quarterback in 2022 that they would have made the playoffs, having Mike White and – as a guy that you're relying down the stretch is not ideal. They did not have the guys uh, at quarterback to, to get the, the job done. And now you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I know people are going to say, well, he's 40. He's uh, at the end of his career. You're talking about a guy that two years ago won the NFL MVP it was back to back MVP award winner. And I, and I know his interception totals were up last year. A lot of those were deflections. There was other things that were involved. It, I, I don't know if you can count on that happy, happening back-to-back years. Now, if he's truly on a regression, if he gives the Jets 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, that still might be good enough from a Jets perspective to get them to 10, 11 wins this next season. They'll eventually have Brees Hall back. Uh, like you said, he has familiarity with some of the weapons that they're bringing over in Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard will have Garrett Wilson, uh, who I think is going to be a very good wideout in this league. I just think they have the right building blocks to be successful uh, this upcoming season. Yes, they had some a lot of injury luck on their defense, and you can't just assume that's going to be the case this year. But I like this team. I'm not picking them ahead of the Bills in the AFC East. But I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow they did finish uh, as the division champs. Now, if you look at Vegas, uh, these are maybe a little bit outdated, but these were numbers from a month ago. They had the Bills as the favorites in the division. They had the Jets second. Uh, And for the AFC uh, championship odds, they had the Bills at, I believe, plus 900, tied with the Bengals behind KC. And then the Jets were fourth. And the AFC championship odds, which is really telling when a lot of Vegas uh, insiders and odds makers have the Jaguars as a lock to win the AFC South. And you're picking a team finishing second, supposedly in the division to have better odds of winning the AFC than a team that is considered a lock to win a division. So I like this Jets team. I think they're going to be a challenge for the Bills. But at the end of the day, I still think Buffalo is a better team overall. And back to Mike Clay's rankings real quick, nine and a half wins. So they're close to what Vegas is thinking. Um, nine and a half wins for Mike Clay. I believe that I've said nine to 10 pretty much all off season. I think that's accurate. I think Aaron Rodgers does elevate enough. Like I said, a really good receiver at most, maybe a game, the difference between Mike white and we'll see what Aaron Rodgers is two, three, really good. Aaron Rodgers four uh, games uh, difference. So we'll see if they can get up to the eight, nine, 10 win total. I still think there's a lot of question marks. I like this point by RJ a lot. It was what I was alluding to a little bit earlier. The Jets defense with fist while facing five backup quarterbacks and zero starters missing time. Epic levels of health. Uh, great for them. The Bills have faced that. And equally so, there's been years, forget which season, 
don't know if it was 19, 17, 19. I can't remember exactly what year the Bills are very similarly healthy. Um, and that makes a huge difference. The Bengals have had fairly good health uh, in their tradition, in their recent winning tradition, uh, depending on which season you're taking. Um, so it does matter. The Vikings are another team that have been historically healthy through some of their decent years. So if you look at, if you look at, playing the availability is, is, is your best ability. And a lot of times if you're on the field with your full roster, we're all talking about now bills, jets, doesn't really matter. Um, then you can actually project something. And if you have your full team, that defense was good when taking on all cylinders. Uh, so to me, the jets are my third place team. I agree with Lauren uh, in terms of saying that. So I've always thought that they will sit in that third place ranking um, for me personally, I think they're going to come in at the nine win mark. Wouldn't be shocked if they got their 10th win. We'll see where that would place them. But right now I see them in that ninth win. Um, I also like this point by Lauren making the fact of a 40 year old quarterback behind a mid offensive line. Mike Clay gives him a one flat, which is toward the bottom of the league in their offensive line uh, unit. Uh, so that is that is a very poor offensive line. They have question marks at the tackle position with Max Mitchell, Dwayne Brown. Will Mekhi Becton ever play? Billy Turner is a guy coming over. Uh, so that tackle unit is very poor. Hopefully Titman converts. Uh, Tom, uh, Tomlinson's up and down in his con- a career in ex-49ers bust. Uh, and AVT has been a really good player there. But it's 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 been a challenging offensive line, to say the least, uh, for this, this roster. Their safety play, they just lost. They traded for Chuck Clark. Uh, now they're going to have to run jo- uh, Jordan Whitehood and Adrian Amos. Um, so it's there, there, there's places to exploit on that, on that team. You know, obviously they're really strong with sauce Gardner, uh, DJ Reed uh, and Michael Carter, Jr. Bryce Hall, you know, they have some names there of players that have played in the past uh, Eccles as well. So we'll see how the secondary works out for them, uh, which, which their secondary will be their strong suit, but that's some, that's some, some, some tough safety play. I, I knocked the Bengals for the same reason though with, with sauce and what he can bring to the table. And, and I, I understand too, Kev, the point about they, they were facing backup quarterbacks, but I don't really know if that's really the most legitimate point to make because we saw it in our own eyes. The two times the bills played the jets last year, the jets held the bills, to 20 points and 17 points. The Bills averaged 18 and a half points against the Jets' defense last year when, for the season, they were 28 and a half points a game. They were 10 points below their season average in two games against the Jets last year. And if you go over the Bills' seven, the 16 regular season games, the Bills only failed to score 20 points twice in the entire regular season. And that was once against Miami in the game where they – severely outplayed the Dolphins, but weren't able to finish in uh, Dolphins territory often in that heat game down uh, down in Florida. And then there was the game against the Jets where they scored 17, where really that was the one game all year outside of playoffs against uh, Cincinnati where – Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S., 
black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. I was looking at a defense completely shutting down the Bills' offense. The Bills were destroyed in that game uh, on the road in the Meadowlands. And if Zach Wilson was able to do anything with that Jets' offense, New York might have won that game by much more than what they did. Uh, Really, their offense wasn't that great, but the Jets' defense shut down the Bills' offense. And then you but go that, back. But that score in Buffalo was not indicative of, of, of that. I understand, of Kevin, but what, what it is something to say when a team like that holds the Bills under 20 points per game on average uh, in their pair of contests. And this isn't something new that's just to this past season. The Jets, even when they were struggling uh, a couple years ago and uh, going beyond that, have given the Bills offense – Struggles. We think of the Tyler Bass six field goal game uh, in the past when the Bills offense was great during that period of time. So this isn't something just recent. Even when the Jets defense was struggling, they have given the Bills problems. So I'll say this. I don't think the Jets are on the Bills level when I look at their roster. But I do think that they're good enough to split a pair against the Bills. And when you look at what they have on paper – I don't want to proclaim they're definitely going to finish second or they're definitely going to finish third. I think the Jets in Miami are both right on that same tier where it could go either way. And both of them are talented enough to where if the Bills have a bad stretch of games or if the Bills regress, either of them has enough talent to win the division. It's just unlikely that either will. I mean, the the Bills, they ripped Robert Sala apart when Robert Sala claimed to not know how good Josh Allen was back as last year, the 49ers. Uh, I don't know what you mean by they're, they're historically good against the Bills. 45 points, 27 points. I mean, they, they ripped them apart in 2021, 2022. Um, they played well in that one win. I'll give them that. Um, they did have a good game plan. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the six field goal game in the Meadowlands where the Bills – couldn't find yeah that's the, the only angle. yeah yeah but that, that, was, that was in 2020 uh yeah. the Bills, i know that's going back a while but w- what i'm saying is the jets have had success at limiting him uh, it's i they've obviously been a bad team throughout the years but how many teams have even been able to slow down this bill's offense yeah in recent i mean years? There's Saw not a lot of 72 points last season. I mean, so like they, they've struggled against the Bills mightily in, in large. They got the snow sleet game where um, obviously Mike White goes out uh, and then comes back in and plays. And that's actually to their advantage in terms of the weather in that game because it was slowing the offense down once again. But that game wasn't even close at any stage, even if it ends up being a 20 to 12 win. Um, the Bills just wanted to get out of there with a W uh, in that weather environment. So. You know, to me, I get what you're saying. Like, there, if it all comes together, but I think if it all comes together for any team, they're competitive. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking through the. I mean, the Patriots. I mean, look, we just talked about them. If if things all come together, they get D Hop. Um, the di- the and, difference is, we're, we're. I'm basically saying the Jets' defense is already at the level of defense. You think, you think it's for done. sure better than the Patriots' defense? For sure, I, I would say they're close enough to where. Okay. What's the difference between the number three and the number five defense if they're both allowing 20 points a game? Nothing. 
to, to me, there's very minimal that separates them, except for one of the teams has Aaron Rodgers, who's a future Hall of Famer, uh, and the other one has Mac Jones, who I don't know if he can run uh, an offense more complicated than throwing some screens and uh, some some short passes handing off the ball. Uh, a lot of this, I guess, comes down to what do you think of Aaron Rodgers and do you believe he has anything left in the tank? I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to be uh, the 2010 version of him or the 2015 version of him where he's going to throw for 37, 38 touchdowns and, and throw for six picks in a year and be one of the best quarterbacks in football. But I still think he has enough in him to where he's going to throw 27, 28 touchdowns and he's going to get them to 10 wins. I don't think they're going to be an 11, 12, 13 win team. Don't don't think that that's what I'm saying. But I, I do think with their defense combined where, with, where do you have them, with Rogers, they're I don't think their floor is low and I don't think their ceiling is high. I think they're right at nine to 10 wins and I don't okay. think they're going to be much better or much worse. Okay. I, I actually don't, your final, I don't disagree with that actually. So I agree with that assessment. I think they'll end up with nine. Wouldn't be shocked by 10, not going to bet against a 10 or nine. Um, once again, if, if Aaron Rodgers is a good version of himself, 10 is 10 is right there to be had uh, that 10 and seven record. Mike Clay puts him third in the AFC with a nine and a half and a seven and a half record. So right what we're talking about. So that's, that's his opinion, finishing behind the Miami dolphins. Um, and that Miami to equally. So that Miami dolphins, you can, same things can be said as we transition to them a little bit. The same thing can be said about them. That's a good football team. We, we talked about how well that they played the jets. Uh, the jets played the bills last year, but the dolphins, even, even so similarly in the first game, the difference was the bill absolutely blew them out in most statistical categories, except the thing that mattered, which was the scoreboard um, in the second game. They actually probably, the dolphins actually probably played better and came out with an L uh, didn't, didn't play a good fourth quarter for Miami. They played a good first three quarters. Um, they did not play a good fourth quarter. The bills dominated in that fourth quarter and took, took away that win um, played, played the bills played really well in the snow game where I think that Ken Dorsey had a great snow game plan. And when the snow wasn't there yet they were a little out of whack but once that snow came they absolutely dominated converse to the uh the great miami or the great cincinnati bengals debacle of not i do not think that that ken dorsey was assuming snow um but they were assuming snow in the miami dolphins game and when it came they played good uh and and they did control the game in the playoff game i thought they played better than the score again um, you know, the, the one sack fumble, I thought the dolphins were very opportunistic in the playoffs, got a lot out of Skylar Thompson, the most that they could to maybe show that he is the team's long-term backup quarterback. If that's a thing, I mean, I think he's shown that he can maybe come in and be a spot starter there, but then why did they go out and give aforementioned Mike white, the contract to be the number two quarterback, uh, if he played so well, that's countered. I mean, he played terrible in the playoff game, to be honest. He did as good as he could. He threw that interception down to Kyrie Elam. Uh, that kind of really changed the course. Um, and the Bills made a lot of good defensive plays, even if they let up points. The, the offense stopped moving the ball late in that game uh, a little bit. So the Dolphins were there. They were they did what the Jets weren't able to do. You know, both teams weren't didn't have a quarterback down the stretch. Tua did lose four games in a row. Uh, then, then face those major concussion issues. We'll see if Tua is back and normal. They went out and got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, there's definitely, you know, Mike Clay, Mike has them with 11 in a, uh, 11 wins solid. So, uh, I mean, that's to predict 11 in a, in a loaded AFC East loaded AFC is, is pretty good. They are favored in a lot of games this year. The only games are not is their bills games. Um, other than that, they're favored in many, many football games this season, according to Mike Clay. Doesn't he also have them as the fourth best roster in the NFL? He does. 
So, I mean, yeah. if, if that's accurate, then Bills fans really should be worrying about it because what are the Bills? Are they uh, – where are the Bills ranked in terms of roster? Third? Uh, are they uh, – Let's see after their, his most recent update. Uh, he has them second. Second, you said? Yeah, second. Number so, two. so, really, Mike Clay is saying, well, the Dolphins could be in a, in a dogfight with the Bills for the AFC East. And I sure. will say this. I went into last year expecting the Dolphins to be competitive. I picked them to make the playoffs as a wild card, and I thought a lot of Bills fans were underestimating them at that time. I feel like my thoughts were validated based on how last year went in the regular season. Sure, they backdoored their way into the playoffs uh, with the the difficult end, but they also missed Tua for many games. Uh, that really does have an impact on their final record. And when Tua was healthy, they were one of the elite offenses in the NFL. I know people are going to point down to the stretch of losses uh, before he got his final concussion, which knocked him out for the season. They'll say, well, he was already struggling against San Francisco in L.A., and he had the three turnovers or three interceptions in the fourth quarter against the Packers in a game that he probably shouldn't have ever returned to. But – I think the Dolphins are a scary team, but I don't know if while I said the Jets, I feel pretty comfortable that their floor is low and their ceiling is not low, but their the floor and ceiling are close to each other where they're a nine to ten win team. I think this Dolphins team could be a wide array of possibilities. I think they could win seven games. I think they could win thirteen games, depending on how things uh, go together. And it, the, the the reason why I'm so mixed on the Dolphins is, first, we don't know the health of Tua when he, when he comes back. Is he one hit from getting a concussion that knocks him out for an entire season? I know you could say that with anybody, but with his concussion history now, he is more vulnerable to getting big hits to the head that can knock him out for sustained periods of time. So a guy like that goes down, the entire Dolphins season could go up in flames. Also, you look at throughout the roster, they have a ton of big name talent. Like you think of Jalen uh, Ramsey, Bradley Chubb. Um, uh, they have Phillips, Xavier Howard, Tyree Kill, uh, Jalen Waddle. So uh, there's talent left and right on this roster. But how is it all going to come together? We, we know that they have a dynamic offense that is able to spread teams out and able to get guys down the field with their speed um, and really – create matchup problems for opposing defenses. But how is their defense going to look this upcoming season? I I know a lot of outsiders, a lot of people in national media are are assuming that with Jalen Ramsey in the fold, uh, that their defense is going to be dangerous, that their defense is going to be good. But they really didn't show that last year, Kev. The, the, The Dolphins' defense was one of the weaknesses of their team. And, yes, they were very aggressive at times and were opt up opportunistic against the bills in the wild card game. But a lot of that was by necessity. They knew if they didn't blitz Allen and they knew if they didn't force turnovers and takeaways that they didn't have a chance of slowing down uh, the bills offense. So they, they essentially had to play that style of football and it worked to some limited success. Like they scored a touchdown off the fumble recovery. They forced, uh, they had a couple interceptions, but that's also part of the reason why they were allowing a lot of big plays and why the bills were able to put a ton of yardage up on them last year. So when I look at Miami, I think you're looking at a team that's going to be battling uh, 
with the Jets for for second in the division, outside chance of going for the division uh, crown. I don't think they're at the Bills level yet either, Kev. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I Their weapons scare me. I would take Hill and Waddle on my team any day of the week, but I don't know if they have a rounded enough team to take down the Bills uh, and take this division from them yet. Yeah, I mean, they do. So the AFC East, per Mike Clay, is the best division in football um, as, you know, their their projected total wins um, come in at 38 wins, which would be the most in football. Uh, so they do believe that they are, that it is the best division in football. And that's, you know, the, the difference is there that even New England has a chance to come on eight, nine wins and really the bottom of the division being so strong will eliminate the need for like having a really bad team in it that you can beat up twice a year on. And some of these, I don't know that the, the Patriots can be more than two and four in the division this year, but those are going to be all six of those are most likely outside of something happening dog fights for all the Jacks, the dolphins and the bills uh, in those games. So I do think it usually takes a really strong offense to beat the new England Patriots handedly. They're always going to come. They're always going to take away your best. And if you don't have one of the best, it's really hard to consistently beat that team as the jets have found out. Like, you know, another stat on the dolphins that I found super interesting. They're four and 15 against the bills since 2013. I didn't realize it was that I knew it was lopsided lately. I didn't realize it was that bad. Um, in a, you know, one of the only losses of Josh Allen was that Charles Clay drop in the meaningless 2018 season. Uh, and then obviously the great heat game of 2022. Uh, beside that, like they don't have much success against Josh Allen specifically or the Buffalo Bills. So conversely to your Jets argument would be the Dolphins. They did pull one out last year, but they don't find much success against uh against Josh Allen, 34 points, 32 points, uh, 21 points, 26 points, 35 points, 56 points, uh, 31, 37, 31, 42. These are all under Josh Allen. Uh, and then the Charles Clay drop. Uh, so it, can, that that's a it's lot of fascinating that their fan base is so confident that they're going to take over this division. Because I, I think most rational Bills fans look at this division and they – they see the Jets and they see the Dolphins and they respect their rosters. They respect what they can bring to the table. But when you've won the division three consecutive years, you return the majority of that roster minus Tremaine Edmonds, essentially. And you even improve the depth and bring in some starters from other teams. The gap was... Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. Four wins last year. 13 for the Buffalo, nine for Miami. Now, if you're a Miami fan and you're saying you're going to win the division, well, you're, you're saying the Bills are going to come down to earth a little bit. And then you're going to have to improve as well. So are the Bills falling to be an 11-win team this year? Are they going to be a 10-win team? Is Miami going to get to 11 and Bills at 10? You're expecting a lot of changes here. So I understand why Miami fans look at their their roster and they say, we're ready for it. But don't just dismiss the Bills because they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. I feel like what is happening with so many of 
the fan bases across the league right now, they, they've gotten tired uh, of hearing about the Bills the last three years mm-hmm. and about how great Josh Allen is and how they're the next big threat to the Kansas City Chiefs while Cincinnati has come and, and also uh, become one of those threats. And basically they have mistaken that because the Bills have fallen short in the playoffs that the Bills' window is narrowing or that they are not ever going to be good enough to win a championship. And when you look at the DVOAs for the Bills the last three seasons, they were number four in 2020, number two in number in 2021, and then number one last year in DVOA. DVOA is telling you who are the best teams in football, who is consistently the best teams in football during the course of the season on a yearly basis. And the Bills, normally there's a lot of variance. Even good teams might go from second to eighth to fifth to third. Like, and there, there's – there's ups and downs, peaks and valleys. The Bills have not had those drops in the in the last three years. They've gotten better overall. So when Dolphins fans and Jets fans come and start questioning the Bills and questioning their, their window to win going forward, I guess my response back to them is why would you expect the most consistent, one of the most consistent teams in football over the course of the last four years to suddenly have this random decline with the same group of players that they have, with the franchise quarterback that they have, with the great defensive-minded head coach that they have, while they also found a way to improve their offensive line, which was a weakness, improving the slot position, which was a weakness, and and getting healthier on defense, which was a problem last year. It it defies a lot of logic. Now, I can – if you want to tell me two, three years from now, maybe the Bills aren't – a 13, 14 win team, maybe they fall to be a 10 win team or 11 win team because some of our guys have gotten older and we've had to make difficult salary cap decisions and you want to project that, fine. But don't tell me that's the end of the window because as long as you're making the playoffs, you still have that window. So I I have this respect for the division rivals. All four of these teams in the AFC East know how to win football games. But I'm just baffled by the, the lack of respect that the Bills have had from a national perspective and from these rival fan bases who, honestly, they've, they've had their butts kicked by the Bills the last three years. Uh, you'd think they would have a little bit more of uh, humbleness to them after the last three seasons, but maybe that's just what we do now. We just talk crap about whoever's at the top. And I understand the Bills haven't won jack crap <laughs> lately, but they've still won playoff games the last three years, and they've won four playoff games during that span. And there's some franchises in the NFL that have never been able to do that in their entire history. So there is some respect that the Bills deserve that they're not getting right now. And Mike Clay actually ranks, as you said, the fourth most wins, but the second tied for the with the Bills for the second best um, roster. They love the, Mike Clay absolutely loves the Dolphins. Sure, receivers, but loves their defense. Absolutely thinks it's a fantastic defense with Vic Fangio, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Akater Kohu, um, Deshaun Elliott, uh, Javian Holland, the Snowman, um, you know Christian Wilkins, Zach Seiler, Raquan Davis, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, Manuel Ogba, Jerome Baker. They feel like that is uh, basically matches the Bills pound for pound in pretty much every position group except tight end. Uh, they don't really like their running backs very much there with Jeff Wilson and Devin A. Chain and Raheem Mostert. Um, the O-line's about equal with the Bills. Obviously, quarterback's a downgrade, but t- no tight end on the roster. D- Durham, Durham Smythe is their starting tight end. Uh, so there's definitely no no real 12 personnel usage there. 
Uh, they don't go very deep at the receiver position. Obviously, they have the two studs um, that any team would love to have uh, in Terry Kill and Jalen Waddle, but Braxton Berrios and, and, and Chosen Robinson and, uh, you know, it's just overpaid Cedric. Well, there's just not a lot there and there's no pass catchers there except their top two players. So they lose one of them They're They really are in some big offensive trouble in a hurry uh, as teams could then just zone in on the other top receiver uh, as they're really their only weapon. So they have to, it's more, more so than any other team. They need to keep those two receivers healthy because uh, maybe they're one of their best weapons in Trent Sherfield is now a bill. They really don't have much, uh, behind their top two guys. So very, very interesting uh, proposition there. And the Miami offense is not as good as we would assume for having two premier receivers, uh, an average O-line, no tight ends, no depth at receiver, some average running backs. It's going to be an interesting unit and, and then all reliant on uh, Tua's health. So it's going to be a, a pretty uh, rocky offense. If, if, if Tua's fully healthy and balling, I mean, I'm sure he's two great receivers. Uh, he can get it done but he does not have a, lar- a large supporting cast beside a really good one-two and not not a lot else. But that defense yeah, like, should like be said, able to help. Maybe the highest variance team in the, in the, this division right now. Mike, you, you're talking Mike about Clay's buying them, Mike. Mike Clay is buying I'll them. I'll say this. I'm, I'm buying that they're good. I'm not buying that they're great. If you look at the team, if everything clicks, if everything clicks, say this defense plays – to their potential with some of their big names that they have. Oh, they could, they could, they could be a 13 win team Kev with, with sure. some of the guys that they have. If the dolphins are able to establish a pass rush with some of their front four, which they have some guys that can get to the quarterback that with that secondary, with those guys, if they could have a top five defense that is able to create takeaways and you have a healthy Tua. Miami, Miami could be, fantastic but the bills are also fantastic so that doesn't even mean even if miami is fantastic they're not a shoe in to win the division uh same with the jets it's just what are we going to see from the dolphins is it is it going to be the version that we saw during their hot streaks last year or are we going to see a team that's going to go up and down and be wildly inconsistent because while the dolphins offense was tremendous Last year, they were streaky. And when you have an offense designed around two flashy wide receivers and a quarterback that has health issues at times, you're going to be up and down. And that's not always, that's not normally a, a steady path to winning a lot of games. That's normally the path where you confuse and trick people into believing you're one of the best teams in football. And then the next week, you lose to a four win team uh, in a disappointment on the road. So I, I love what the Dolphins have. I just can't – it basically it comes down to this, Kev. I like what the Dolphins and Jets have, but they haven't shown it yet. They haven't put it all together. But sometimes if that's the do, most trendy thing. Sometimes that's the they, trendiest if, thing. It's, it's easy to – and no one ever wants to be the guy that consistently bets on the same teams or picks the same teams. People have been picking the Bills for three years. They want to switch it up. They want to go – uh, the, the trendy direction to say, yeah, I picked the Bills to to have a little bit of a downfall. I was behind the Dolphins before anyone else was. I was with the Jets before anyone else was. So I get it. Like I, I understand why a lot of people are are picking them and and getting on their bandwagons. But I, I do think they have to prove it before I'm going to start saying they're ahead of the Bills. 
Uh, thanks for coming in after the huddle. Appreciate your perspective. Uh, it depends on the season. Uh, last year, a little bit probably did the Bills offensive line did hold them back from winning two years ago. It was a special teams blunder and a special teams blunder only. Three years ago, the Chiefs were just better. Uh, that was a really good football team, and uh, they actually just went on to lose, uh, depending on the season. Um, but, you know, two years ago, there was really no, if anything, a little defensive lapse. They lost Trey White, couldn't guard Chiefs receivers, and then a special teams blunder. Uh, so not really the offensive line last year, a little bit more, uh, but the bills went out and obviously totally rehauled the interior, brought in their handpicked guard, uh, Connor McGovern, uh, a big boy that one of the best right guard prospects in a while. And Osiris Torrance still have Mitch Morris brought in David Edwards with Super Bowl pedigree. Uh, still have Ike Butker and, and um, obviously Ryan Bates is versatile. So their interior is very good. It is a very good line. Uh, the left tackle is good. And Deion Dawkins, if that right tackle can play competent football, it's now uh, going to be much better offensive line all across the board uh, with Brandon Shell, a guy from Miami. They're backing them up. Uh, so, okay, Mike, lastly, so you have, obviously I know what you have. You have the, you have the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Bills. I have the Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bills. So we just have a little bit of a flip there in the middle. I got eight and nine for the Patriots and nine and eight for the Jets, 10 and seven for the Dolphins. Um, so that's the way that I, uh, 12 and five for the bill. So that's the way that I have, uh, it shaking out there, uh, in the AFC, Mike, I'm assuming you have something similar with the jets and the Patriots or the jets and the dolphins switched there in the middle. Um, is that correct? Yeah, it, it's pretty close to correct. I, I'll say okay. right now, the Patriots as a seven win team. If I was just making a projection, I'll yeah, have real quick, I'll have Miami and the jets both at 10 wins. I know that's probably okay. not realistic, but I, I consider them even right now. So it, even though that's I think that's a slight edge, I, I think that's an even matchup. And then I'll say the Bills are probably around 12 wins at this current point because I do think it's okay. going to be a We have the same thing. Goal. You just have the Jets winning the, the Patriots game to give them 10. I have them splitting with the Patriots. That's literally like one of our only differences probably yeah. um, to get to that 10th win for the Jets and uh, the uh, knocking the Patriots down to just seven wins in your prediction. So yeah, and, and when you and just to wrap it up from my side, Kev, I know yeah. you have to get going soon. If I'm looking at the AFC East, I think we're looking at three of the better teams in the entire conference. Obviously, Kansas City is a power. Cincinnati is a power. But if you're asking me, where do the Jets and the Dolphins rack up compared to the second and third tier, tier teams in the conference. I think the Jets and Dolphins are every bit as good as the LA Chargers, mm -hmm. as the Baltimore Ravens, um, some people, the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so forth. So realistically, you're, we're talking, I, I think the Jets and the Dolphins could be anywhere from the, the fourth to seventh best teams in the conference going into the season. Now, what are the odds of three teams from the AFC East making the playoffs? Not likely, especially with the schedules of all the teams in the division this year. But I would almost guarantee you're going to get at least two teams uh, from the AFC East in the playoffs this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. I agree that the, there's potentially uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth best teams in the AFC uh, or, or I should say the fourth and the fifth and then the first. So potential or second. So put or third. So potentially you have three of the top five. I agree. Adding in Cincinnati and KC and then right there with, you know, right below that in Baltimore um, 
and you know maybe some other Jacksonville and, and a few others depending on what where you have different teams maybe Cleveland pops up in there but um that's that's generally the Chargers that's generally the ranking that I would have as well but will will these teams stay healthy enough will they cannibalize each other will one of them get knocked out of the playoffs tiebreakers etc it could be just two it is a possibility of three teams though um and would it be an outlandish world if the Patriots could sneak in the seven seed um and do some crazy things. They've done it in the past underneath Bill Belichick. We'll see if they have enough. They sign Hopkins. You never really know if they could sneak into one of that, that final spot. So a lot to look out for in one of the best divisions in football, finally, with the Bills on top of that division and a lot of metrics. But if it, if you wouldn't mind, smash that like button. It means a ton to us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's great to be back. We'll all be together in two weeks from now uh, making content with all the Cover One Sports Network crew. Um, you know, you have Eric, you have Greg, um, you know, everyone coming over there. You have Thomas, you have a couple other guys showing up to training camp coverage. We'll be there the whole first week. We'll be making some crossover content, some cool uh, stuff at camp. Uh, we'll all be together to bring you the best coverage from afar that's possible. And we'll be right up close and personal. As always, the film room's got Daquan Jones coming on uh, as we've had some great guests uh, most recently, Kyrie Elam and a couple others. So make sure you tune into the film room as well with Eric and Ant uh, and all of our great cover one shows. So smash that like button. It helps us bring great content and great guests and great giveaways uh, and look forward to meeting some of you guys at training camp. So, that's a wrap on the Going Deep podcast, Tuesday at 7 edition. Uh, great to be back with you, but we'll be right back here, maybe with an overall AFC rankings from Kevin and Mike next week, and then training camp preview, and then training camp news and notes and nuggets the following week. So we got we got the schedule played out for you guys, and we look really forward to continuing this conversation and having some elaborate discussions as soon as next week into some great crossover content with our other shows uh, coming up here at the end of July. So it's all coming up quick. Uh, two weeks from now, we'll be live with you with some actual news. Who's hurt? Who's looking good? Who's the starting lineup? How's the depth chart shaking out? How's it going to look in the preseason and scrimmage? So we'll be at you and have all that coverage for you here soon in a couple of weeks. But from the Going Deep podcast, I'm Kevin. That's Mike. We'll catch you live here Tuesdays at 7 for the foreseeable future and all throughout the season. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep down field, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.